to the table tonight, and we are talking about kind of what happens after the tribulation. Um, this has been a very long, I don't even know how we got on this. I just think that everybody, I think everybody uh, kind of loved the, the, you know, if you're left behind, and there was lots of questions and people following and subscribing, and I thought, okay, well, this is the topic that everybody's really needing to learn about. And, and we are at 1,000 subscribers. Yes, <laughs> she is, that's her, that's her job. She, she'll always message oh. me what it will be, what it is. So we're very thankful for everybody who yes, subscribes and follows us and comments and likes and shares and everything. Um, so we're going to talk kind of a little bit about what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. Um, and this is the second coming. This is not the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church has already taken place. And I know I said Jesse would be here this week. He's coming next week. So um, I kind of sprung it on him on Sunday. And um, I feel like he needs a little bit more time to prepare and everything. Yeah. And so he will be with us next Tuesday. Um, so we're going to go ahead and talk about... Um, what what's going to happen when Jesus comes back to earth and that is separate from the rapture in the rapture we meet him in the air and we go to heaven the second coming he, he and we the saints of the church come back with him and so um, the second coming of Jesus there's over 1500 passages in the Old Testament and one out of 25 in the New Testament that m mentions the S Messiah to return I love numbers I love when they you know they they give you those numbers that um that I would never know unless I studied. But um, when Jesus would, uh, returns, everybody's like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Or they say stuff like that. And, and, and Or they'll say, you know, when Jesus came the first time, he came as a baby, but he is not coming back as a baby. He will be ready for war when he comes back. Yeah. Um, and that's Revelation 19, 11, and 16, 11 through 16. I'm going to give a lot of addresses as far as where you can find these tonight in the Bible. There's so much, and I don't want to just say this is what's going to happen without giving you the address to go look it up. So um, I'm going to have a lot of things that if you're taking notes, you can write it down and then go back and read um, where I'm talking about it. But Jesus returns. He'll be ready for war. Um, and that's the Battle of Armageddon. You also can read that in, in um, Zechariah about in chapter 14, verse 2. It talks about the battle of Armageddon. But his feet will, so when he lands on earth, he's going to be coming um, on a white horse and the church will be coming behind him. We'll all be on white horses. Um, he will put his feet on the Mount of Olives and the Mount of Olives will split. And the neat thing that we learned um, in our Sunday school class is that a long time ago, our pastor had even like said this at church, but there was a hotel that they were wanting to build on the top of the Mount of Olives and they couldn't get all of the, the codes and stuff to, to pass because there's a split already yeah. from top to bottom in the Mount of Olives. Didn't and you see the picture of it? I don't know. I don't, I've never seen the picture of it. You can probably find it, but they would not, it wouldn't pass for a hotel or anything to be built on the Mount of Olives um, because there's a split in the foundation. And so it's split and it's just waiting on Jesus's feet to land on it and it will split and make a valley. And uh, I just thought that was amazing because anytime that, that something lines up with the Bible mm -hmm. and you can prove it nowadays, um, that just excites me or whatever. So, um, so that's, that's in Zechariah 14, verse 4, if you want to read about the split and how Jesus is going to land on the Mount of Olives. And so, and then on that day, it also says there that you won't be able to tell day or night. 
the difference that the sun won't there'll be neither sunlight nor cold frost it will be or frosty darkness with no distinction between day and night uh, God's enemies will be defeated and the Antichrist and the false prophet will be thrown alive into the lake of fire or it's also referred to as the lake of burning sulfur and so that's going to be like the very first thing that happens when he comes back I mean it isn't going to be a time of you know just waiting around when he hits that that mountain it is on and he's ready to fight um and so it, it's funny whenever i hear people say oh sweet little baby jesus i'm like you have no <laughs> clue who you're dealing with like they hate his guts and he's coming back to destroy his enemies and so um and then so after the battle of armageddon and we've talked pretty much a lot about the battle of armageddon and what's going to take place um, that is that is the beginning of the millennial kingdom, and Jesus will set himself up for that um, for those who are still alive after the tribulation, those who survive the judgment, which is what we're going to talk about real quick um, before we get into the kingdom. Um, is the parable of the sheep and the goats, and so these are not the saints that the church that comes back with Jesus. You are not in the great white throne judgment. That is the sheep's and the goat parable. You find this in Matthew 25, 31 through 46. But he uses parables to speak, to teach like spiritual truths about like, you know, what's going to happen with earthly situations. And so he just basically started and said, um, Jesus began the parable by saying, it concerns his return in glory to set up his kingdom. So right after the tribulation be begins, um, all those on earth, at that time will be brought before the Lord and he will separate them as a good shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The sheep are those saved during the tribulation and the goats are the unsaved who survived the tribulation. So that's who you're dealing with. You're not even dealing. So for me, I thought, and maybe this is, I haven't just studied this part, but I also thought, there is a resurrection of the dead. Every, so there's a first resurrection, and that is um, the rapture, and then it will be anyone who was killed throughout the tribulation. That is considered the first resurrection. The second resurrection is the resurrection of the dead who are not in Christ. So I'm not sure if that takes place before the great white throne. I would think so because they have to be judged that that second uh, that second um resurrection takes place so but right now he is he separates everybody so i would say the sheep are going to be the the people who survived the tribulation and are christian or the, are murdered are murdered for their um because they're dead they have they have their body and they need to be resurrected and the the goats are going to be the ones who survived the tribulation but did not accept christ and he will judge them and he will um, put them, you know, they will be thrown into the lake of fire. No one will go into the millennial kingdom that is not saved. So there will be nobody, everyone, when we go into the kingdom, will worship God because it, it is a perfect kingdom. Now, there will be sin. There will, that's what is so hard to understand. That's what I'm having a hard time yeah. with. And that's what we were just talking about yeah. before we started. I'm like, I, you know, if, there, if this is supposed to be you know, an environment, a place of perfection, and we're not sinners, but then there's going to be, there's supposed to be no corruption. Right. Now, that is in the new kingdom. Yeah. That that part, 
where there is nothing wrong. That is for the new kingdom. And that's after the thousand year reign. But for the thousand years. So what is the purpose of the thousand year reign? Okay, there's there's many covenants. And I have some of them wrote down right here. Um, this makes me want to pull my hair out. Yeah. So there's three covenants that we're going to talk about that God made with Israel. So the Abrahamic covenant is where he promised Israel the land. He promised a, a ruler and spiritual blessings. Okay. Um, so there's also called the Palestinian covenant and that's the restoration of the land. And so this is what I, this is what was amazing today because, um, it's just weird that we're talking about this. And then we both watched Amir say his last name, Sarfati, Sarfati on, I, I can never say it right. Um, on, on YouTube today. And he was talking about this right here because right now Gaza in, in, um, in Israel, they're fighting. And, and I believe soon Gaza will be wiped off the map, just like it's prophesied. And, um, but there's always been a part of land that Israel has not ruled. And that's like the Gaza Strip and um, modern day Lebanon and Syria. Um, it used to be called Mount Hor to Hazaranan. Hazaranan, something like that. That's in Numbers 34, 7 and 9. So that's never been ruled by Israel. So, but it's called present day Lebanon in Syria right now. So Amir said that by August, that's the biggest part of the war is to take that part of the land. So he says that it will be over by August. He sees because, I don't know, for whatever reason, because there's so much going on over there. And there's like, there's like fighter jets flying over his head as we're saying this and alarms going off and stuff. And, and he says it's going on all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it's nonstop. He, and you can even see the stress kind of, you know, it's not that he's stressed, but I mean, living there is regardless, you would be. Yeah. This was from his front or back porch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He lives right over where the battle of Armageddon is going to be. He lives right above that valley. <laughs> so like if he wasn't in heaven, with the rapture, he could sit out and watch the Battle of Armageddon. I just think that's crazy. But anyway, so he was talking about the biggest war that they're going to face is Lebanon. Okay, and so this is what this says. So this is talking about Solomon. Not even Solomon ruled over this particular area, and that's Gaza and this area that we're talking about. Although he did reign from the river of Egypt to Euphrates, he did not hold the area from Mount Hor to Hazarina into present-day Lebanon and Syria. In addition to the covenant God made with Abraham was that he and his descendants would have that land forever. So that's part of the covenant of this land covenant is that they will get that land. And so like for me, if I'm living in Lebanon and I'm thinking, if I'm reading this, I'm thinking, okay, God made a covenant with Israel. Mm -hmm. So that means we're going to lose, you know, but, but people don't look at it like that. People don't believe prophecy. And so there were three covenants that that he made. And so the the whole reason for the thousand year reign is that those covenants and those promises that God made to Israel will be fulfilled. You will have a ruler. And see, you know, that's why people rejected Jesus when he first came, because they wanted some mighty ruler, mm -hmm. this mighty king to come in and save them from Rome. Well, he came in the form of a baby. So they were like, no. Not going to happen. He became a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So like they needed a ruler. But um, so the covenant of David, that it's called the Davidic covenant. It's God's covenant with David was that his line would never die out. 
and that David's heir would sit on the throne of Israel forever. Well, when Jesus comes back and he sets up his kingdom, even though it's not the new kingdom, because the new kingdom is our eternal state. That's where we will be forever. That's like, what the new kingdom you're saying is the new heaven and the, the new, new earth. Yeah. Okay. So that's where we'll be forever because we are believers in Jesus, where the people who aren't believers in Jesus, their place, their eternal place is the lake of fire. So we've always been told it's heaven and hell, but that's not correct. That's not correct. Well, you go see what's going on out there. Um, that's, that's not correct. So um, we have to understand that not everything that we were taught as a child or growing up is correct. Because like I said, my church never talked about prophecy. So they just left it as, oh, we're going to live in heaven forever and ever. That is not true. You will not live in heaven forever and ever. That's you one of the things that I realize that I'm figuring out by listening to you and by studying what we've been studying is hell is not the end. Hell is for not those, the, no. for the non-believers. Hell is not even... Hell is just a holding place yeah, I never of understood torture. That. And, you know, you don't want to be there. Um, but it is not the, and, and even in the lake of fire, you never burn up. So you're in some type of body. You're in a lake of fire, but you're, you never, like if you were thrown into fire now, your body would burn up. That's not going to be the case. You will have an eternal body that will withstand that torture for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's just awful to think. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, um, so that's kind of like where we're, where we're going. We're going to talk a little bit about, um, so that's the whole purpose for the, the thousand year reign is that these promises can be fulfilled. Um, the sec, and also the last one, the new covenant is the, G, the Jesus. And so there's so many, these aren't even all of them. There's other promises. It says, those are the covenants God made with Israel that are to be fulfilled in Jesus's thousand year reign. But the Bible lists other promises that will be fulfilled. God promised Jesus he would make his enemies a footstool and that Jesus' follower would worship him freely. God promised the nation of the world that, he would, that we would live in peace with Jesus as their ruler. As he promised creation that the curse would be lifted. Um, animals and the earth would be restored to peace and prosperity. And people would be free from disease. These two will be fulfilled during the thousand year reign. The main purpose of Jesus' thousand-year reign is to fulfill the prophetic given to Israel. Though, I'm sorry, the prophecies given to Israel and the promises made to Jesus to the nations and to the whole earth. God's covenants were voluntary and one-sided. He prompt, yeah, were voluntary and one-sided. He promised He would bless Israel and restore the world in specific ways, and He will. Amen. So that is the whole purpose of the thousand-year reign is for all of these things to be fulfilled. And, and it will be a great environment, even though um, there is sin that will still be here. Like I was telling Lisa earlier, um, there will be judges and there will be lawyers and there will be doctors and there will be whatever, whatever. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't, I, you know, I always say I don't want to be over the kids. I don't want to do that. Um, so, You've done that for how many years? I've done that too long. I'm a teacher now. So, um but whatever, whatever you have, you will reign and you will judge the world and you will rule with Jesus. You will have authority with Jesus. He will be on the throne, but we will rule the thousand year. And the offsprings, now first everybody will worship God, but then of course our natural sin nature will take over. And basically you will see a perfect world 
that he created. And then he will loose Satan to deceive the nations. And, and this is what I love about um, the thousand years. Um, it says, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and the great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for 1,000 years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. And so basically when he's released, there will be somehow an army that will be after him. He won't be able to deceive, but, but our sin nature is just what it is. So they will have to choose. But when they do something wrong, they will go to court and they will be dealt with justly. Like there's no corruption in the court system. It'll be a um, perfect judicial system. Yes. Your medical yeah. um, will be perfect. Like there'll be people who will be doctors with glorified bodies. Um, so their offsprings, when they come in, if they have a cold, I mean a cold, because there's still, there's still disease, I'm assuming, until the new kingdom. I mean, seriously, we're not promised those things. Now, I, I have wrote down a few things at the at the back here. Um, we won't be sick because we have glorified bodies. No. But they will be sick because they don't have glorified bodies. So we still, we get our promise for being faithful and being taken with the rapture. And for the people who are saved during the tribulation, you're still considered one of us. But you had to go through the tribulation. But you will rule. People who are saved during the tribulation, you will rule. And so when do they get their glorified bodies? They will get their glorified bodies at the great white throne judgment. Okay. There's a resurrection that happens. And at that point, they get it. But even their clothes are different. Like ours are white. Theirs will be white but washed with the blood. So I, I, there is a difference mm -hmm. because he is faithful to us, the church, who were faithful to him and went with the rapture. So we are, there is different degrees. I mean, that's just how it is. Your treasure, there's different degrees in your treasure. I mean, everybody has salvation and eternal life, but you are placed in positions in the, in the new kingdom and the thousand years by the responsibilities that you were given right now that we're living in right now. So however you live your life right now determines what you will do in the thousand, in the millennium and in the new kingdom. So like that's the part that people are missing out on and being deceived about is that some people are just sitting or lukewarm and they're, they're missing out. Although, you know, some people are just good with, you know, uh, being in the, you know, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. I'm good with that. Yeah. But I think once you are in front of Jesus, you you would you want to be yeah. more. Uh, you wish that I, I do believe that we all will be like that. We will wish we had done more. Me for for like I wish I had started before forty three. Sure. So um, anyway, okay. So let's talk about the millennium. So do you know that that word is not in the Bible? It's in our Bible, but it's not in the original transcript because it, it is a Latin word and milla means a thousand. And inna means year. So if you put them together, and in Latin word, it would be millennium. 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 Something like that. It's not millennium. Millennium is what the word is in Latin. But the English translation is millennium. 
So that's what you'll find. So you will not find millennium in a in a Hebrew or yeah. anything like that. So that's what confuses people. They're like, oh, rapture is not even in the Bible. Yes, it is. It's not called rapture, though. It's the Hebrew word or the Latin word or the Greek word. And so people just kind of, those are things that I think we are conditioned to say. I, I really do. I believe that you hear it and you're like, oh, well, that. Just like the heaven and hell not being our e eternal desti final destination. You know, when you tell people that, they're like, well, my pastor said it when I was a kid. And, well, your pastor was wrong. I mean, if that they didn't preach prophecy. They didn't preach the new kingdom. They did, but they didn't explain it well enough. I, I don't know. They so. probably just gave them like a general overview. Yeah. And I think older pastors, you know, I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I think some were... Well, they call them hell, hellstone and hellfire, and hellfire, yeah, hellfire, brimstone, whatever, hellstone, whatever, one of those things. Okay, so the conditions of the millennium. You want to talk about how? Um, we're, what you go ahead and do this one right here about how we. Well, I kind of just said. Well, we watched um, a sermon called the millennium, and so these are just some notes that I took from watching that, but. During the millennium, the world will be shown perfection to the max with the flesh-fallen world. There will be no corruption. There will be perfect government. No corrupt judges or lawyers. Can you imagine that? Especially now with society. Yes, yes. Perfect education systems, perfect medical systems. You know, pharmacists who will be all about, like, the health and well-being and not about this big pharma mm -hmm. yeah. um, stuff. And then perfect climate. And I think that that is the part... Because people will argue that the thousand years is not literal. They'll say, oh, it's not literal. Well, six times in Revelations, it says thousand years, thousand yeah, years, thousand years, thousand Revelation years. Revelation 21 yeah. through. I mean, it just, it's very clear, a thousand years. and One through six. Yeah. And so the fulfillment of countless other covenants point to um, the Messiah on earth. They rest on a literal and physical and future kingdom. So if there's no future king sitting on a throne, then the David, Davidic, Davidic covenant mm -hmm. isn't fulfilled because that's what that's what he promises is that there will be a, a king on the throne. So it's literal and it says it six times and I don't know why people think that it's not literal like that's what it says. I don't understand it. I don't understand how people can read the word of God and say, oh no, that's just that's just, uh, that's not literal. Like, yeah. what? That don't even make sense to me. So that's what I go with. Um, but there's more prophecy about the thousand-year reign than any other topic in the Bible. That's the, that is crazy. I think that's because it's the final. You know, we went through the whole Bible, and we talk about all this other stuff, but I think it all points. That's why there's so much, because that's the end. That's where we're trying to get to, the eternal, your eternity. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I wrote down the conditions during the millennium will be perfect environment, physically and spiritually. It will be a time of peace. You can find that in Micah 4, verse 2 through 4. Here's where all your um, your addresses are going to be. Um, it also talks that in Isaiah 32, 17 and 18. So all the people who talk about the New Testament is, you know, whatever. Here's your Old Testament scripture that points to this, this thousand-year reign. There will be joy. And that's in Isaiah 61, 7 and 10. There'll be comfort. That's in Isaiah 40, 1 through 2. 
Only believers will enter, enter the millennium kingdom because of this. It will be a time of obedience. That's Jeremiah 31, 33. There will be holiness. That's Isaiah 35, 8. There will be truth. That's Isaiah 65, 16. Knowledge of God. Isaiah 11, 9. And Habakkuk 2, 14. Christ will rule as king. Isaiah 9, 3 through 7. Nobles and governors will also rule, Isaiah 32, 1, Matthew 19, 28. And Jerusalem will be the political center of the world, and that's in Zechariah 8, 3. So there's so many scriptures to back up what is being prophesied. And I love that. I love... That I, Jesus will be king and he will be the ruler. Yes, yes. And so I was talking last week about I had heard that David will also rule with Jesus. And so I researched that this week so I could kind of see if that's really true. Um, in Jeremiah 30, it says, they, they will serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Um, and Ezekiel says, my servant David will be king over them and they will have one shepherd. And so I understand it to be Jesus will return to their own, that, oh, I'm sorry, Jews will return to their own country. Their yoke of slavery will be removed. Their fellowship with God will be restored and God will provide them a king of his choosing. And the king in some way will be like the King David. Not that it will actually be King David, but he is from the line of David. And so many times Jesus is referred to of something of David, the King David. But King David will be resurrected and he will rule and reign. But I really believe that it's only going to be Jesus. Now, I would, I'm, I'm sure that those big biblical uh, men that are will be right there with him, you know, Moses and Abraham. Well, I guess one of the things that um, struck me and I took notes on was the, the saints of the Old Testament will be resurrected. At the rapture. So we'll be flying up in the air with some But then they'll be Moses. with us. Yes, absolutely. And they will rule and reign with us. We could possibly work in the same area. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Be like, David, would you like a refreshment? You know, if you're a waitress or whatever. You know? And then you could say, Peter, guess yeah, what I said Peter. on the podcast. Yeah. Me, you know, I was Peter on the podcast, you know. Um, love me some Peter. That's what. I, that's going to be my shirt I wear, I guess. So, um, I don't know. I, I just, I, Peter is probably my favorite Bible person. More, more than Paul, for some reason, because... You know, Peter was always like stepping over what he was saying and he was always the one that stuck his foot in his mouth yeah. and the hard-headed one. And, and so um, for me, he was just the one that I'm more like. But um, but he will rule and reign just as all the other believers, David will. And he we will judge the world. We will share in authority of Christ. Your duties depend on how you handle responsibilities God has given you in this age. And that's found in Luke 19, 17. But there won't be Satan. He will be bound. And he, no Satan, no demons. Nothing, nothing. That's the crazy thing, that he is right now deceiving the world. And, and my TikTok today was, leave the Super Bowl alone. Leave all that demonic stuff you saw. All that, I call her pumpkin spice. I don't even know really what her, the ice ice baby, whatever. That she's the orange hair girl at the Super Bowl that was throwing the, the devil sim symbols and had the, had the upside down cross. cross. I don't really know what her name is. I, have no idea. I don't know. But anyway, she had orange hair and she was very demonic, very satanic. And I just it reminded people today that this is Satan's kingdom. And we know that this is this is their time to shine. They are trying to deceive the whole world. That's what he's doing. And that's why he's locked up for a thousand years because it says 
that he might not deceive the nations any longer. So he's deceiving and he's a liar and he can't tell the truth. And so he has an army. He has people choose to follow Satan like I choose to follow Jesus and Lisa chooses to follow Jesus. We're on Jesus's team. They're not. They're not. They have they have rejected him. And um, so this is their time to get all their glory. But their time is coming to an end. And it's sad and it's, you know, I, I hate it. And I, but we have free will and they get to choose what side to be on. And it's, and, um, you know, if you read the Bible, it says, and this is just for people who are Christians, but if a, a fellow Christian falls away, you're not to even go eat with them. That's harsh. Mm -hmm. You know, could you imagine like if I backslid and I called you and said, Hey, you want to go eat? And you're like, Christy, can't I'm sorry. It. I can't do it because you are not acting like you, and that sounds harsh, and you think, oh my gosh, could I ever do that? But if we're not going to eat with them, you know, God God isn't eating with them. I mean, that's that's the harsh reality. You're wanting to draw them back by waking them up and saying, you know, that's hard. I don't, uh, that's hard. Well, that with there not being any devils or demons or Satan in the world, I mean, we won't have any, now we're saying, oh, that was a, you know, that was the devil. Like, yeah, yeah. Those I kind of things, so you won't have, no. you won't be able to say Sometimes that. I think that's a crutch for our own choices that we make. Yeah, and so they'll not be involved anywhere, mm -hmm. and you won't have that excuse. Yeah. And so God's saying, you've seen what perfection looks in this era. You, God's saying, um, you've seen what perfection looks like in this, the least fallen world. So during this time, it's going to be perfect it's going to be everything we could have ever dreamed of other than the new yeah. heaven and the new earth and we'll be but, the ones that were like when we lived on earth <laughs> we'll be the ones that are just like listen back in my day back in my day i had to walk four feet in the snow that's what my dad would always say the school and but god's going to say you've seen this perfection i'm going to you know this is your last chance this is you've seen it yeah. like and we were talking about this earlier it's like these people get to see the perfection and they still decide to choose against yep. being saved and choose against yep. him as their Lord. And, and it Savior. also shows up how, how much grace God has. You know, there's grace after grace after grace and mercy and he's given you so many chances. He's given he you doesn't. the best of the best and you still decide to not make a decision for Christ. I just... Yeah. But our salvation was before the creation of the world. And that's where, because like when I was studying the goats and the sheep, um, that's one thing it says, because, you know, if you just, if you just casually look at the goats and the sheep, when he's saying this, he's like, you know, you gave me water, you gave me food, you gave me all these things like works. And then he looks at the goats and he's like, but you didn't give me all that stuff, you know? Um, and so it kind of looks like salvation is from works, but it's not because um, many times, um, the Bible says that it is not, it is by grace of God and not by works. Um, and that you can find that in John 1, 12, Acts 15, 11, Romans 3, 22, 24. There's so many, but Jesus even said that salvation of the sheep is not based on their works. Their inheritance was theirs since the creation of the world. And that's Matthew 25, 34, um, long before anybody could do any works your salvation was theirs. And so that that's that's peaceful to me. But God's work it, it, or good works is not the cause of salvation, but it's the effect of your salvation. As Christians, we become like Christ. 
And so because you're saved, you do the good works, which we were created to do good works. Um, but not everybody does good works because they don't. Um, we're supposed to be a mirror image of, of Christ. And, and uh, you know, sometimes my talk doesn't isn't very flattering. And, um, you know, and those are things that we work on. But the fruit of the spirit is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. And so people who have those care, those characteristics and can be kind and unkind that that is your that is your being like Jesus so um I think it's going to be a great I, I'm excited I, and people are missing out I, I look at people and I'm like you all are missing out because everybody's worried about Taylor Swift and pumpkin spice and Travis Kel, Tra, what, Kelsey. Kelsey and all these other people who are you know uh, Usher um, on the, I couldn't even watch him. I couldn't even watch him on the Super Bowl. I just couldn't do it. I used to love Usher. Um, not everybody is who they, I mean, he can dance, but every time I was dancing, I was like, oh, no, 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 can't do it. Um, everything is black and red and black, uh, red and white. And there's always some kind of meaning in it. And there's always some kind of floor symbol. And there's always, and there was the, um, the guy with the, Easter socks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's it's just crazy the whole thing, um, and so I just that is that is to keep our mind off what's going on in Israel. I mean, seriously, if we can if we can be entertained and be in all the gossip and all the oh well, I think the Super Bowl, but I think that was the best Super Bowl um, halftime show ever. No, I don't think it was. You know, you're going back and forth, and it doesn't even matter. No. What should you should be doing is is listening to what's going on and being fulfilled in prophecy. One of the other things that the, in that sermon that he said was, um, where are you going to bet your soul? Um, are you going to bet your soul in what the world has to offer or what Jesus has to offer? That's right. Um, and I don't think everybody looks at it like that. I just don't think that people look at the decisions that we make every day. They don't look at it in a kingdom driven mind. It is about what's in front of me and what I can have right now. Yeah, and instead of the Bible and all the prophecies that it's that's already been fulfilled. Prophecies changed changed me. Yeah. Because I realized that when we started doing prophecy with Jesse, I mean I was I was like, whoa, this I mean it just came alive to me because like I had heard it. But watching it unfold has been like, because the Bible says, I, I, I'm, I tell you this, so when it happens, you will believe. Mm -hmm. I feel like these people felt the same way when everything was happening with Jesus, when they saw the star of Bethlehem, when they, you know, when all that stuff was taking place, that like, you know, all the people that um, saw Jesus that were promised not to die. What was his name? Simeon. Oh, yeah, at the church. Yes, the and, and Anna was another one. They're like, oh my gosh. They're, and I feel like that we are in such a exciting, blessed time. And we don't even know it. Like we are the generation that will see the second coming of the Lord. But nobody believes that. But when you look at prophecy and you see what is unfolding before our eyes. And you see that over 300 prophecies were fulfilled at Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. And every one of them came true. 
and you look at what is to come. What hasn't been. And what hasn't been fulfilled. Yet. Yeah. And as it's becoming and getting set up and you're watching it, you're just like, oh. And you know what the Bible God. says. And so you're like in full anticipation. I just want to walk up to people and be like, shake them. Be like, wake up. Wake <laughs> up. You're missing it. You're yeah. missing it. You know, um, because for so long, you know, Jesus is coming back. Everybody's always said Jesus is coming back or whatever. But we've never had Gaza getting ready to be blown off the map. And we've never had. Lebanon getting ready to lose their land and Israel being restored. In over 1,500 years, the the Jews left their native language. And now everybody's kept. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the new kingdom, the uh, or is, the thousand-year reign, that will be in Jerusalem. So, like, I've always wanted to go to the holy city. And I thought, oh, I'll never get to do it until I learned prophecy that I will be living there and I will be ruling there and I will be, you know, and have authority there and ruling with Jesus. In Jerusalem, that's where we will live. Um, like I said, I don't know if there'll be Kentucky, but it says that it will be the political world, political um, scene of the nation. So I'm sure that it will expand out again. Um, I feel like the tribulation will obliterate most of these countries that are at right now. And it will set up the, because we won't have the new earth. We'll still be living on this earth. So like when you die, when you come back with Jesus, you will come right back to this earth. I guess if you, you know, wanted to, you could probably try to track down your old home place. You know, it's if it's still standing, which I don't know how with comets and fallen and. I would say don't look back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like what Lot's wife, don't yeah, look back. Don't just keep back. looking. But yeah, so this is exciting. And, and although it's confusing. Every time that you come to the unlabeled table and you sit with us and we talk about this, um, you should get a little bit more. The Holy Spirit, I always ask, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And so it's just like anything else that you try to learn. The more you study it, the more you get into the word, the more you um, listen to sermons and you, the more you're going to learn. I mean, you can't learn how to put your TV together or how to work anything until you read the instruction book. Yeah. Well, I don't really read this is, even though, I look at pictures, but, yeah. you know, but like even to know though, how to do it good. Even though this is frustrating with, for me because I'm not where you're at with understanding all of this, it is helping. It, does it help. is. It does. And so like every week, it's just like I told you, I, I learn a little bit more every week when I study and I listen and um, I read, you know, on gotquestions.com and I read my Bible and I listen to Jack Hibbs sermon on it and I listen to... Um, what's his name? I always get it wrong. Alan Nolan. I listened to his sermon. I listened to Amir. I listened to several different because you'll get so I was many listening different. To Greg Laurie today, he's really good. Mm -hmm. too. Yes, yes. Um, he has a lot on the uh, end times. We know a lot about the the thousand year reign because, like I said, it's the it, there's more prophecy on it than any topic in the Bible, and so, um, but just to see. All this come about is it's exciting to me. It should it scare you? Um, I mean, Jesus is coming. I mean, to me, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's it's. Um, I I just I feel so blessed to be in this generation to be able to witness this and be a part of this. I don't want to miss out for anything in the world. I mean, you can have all the world stuff. You can take everything. I, he knows my heart and he knows that I am all in. And so, um, you know, I, I, I just love it. I was created for this time. And I know that there's so many other people because I'll talk to people and they'll be like, me too. I was in, I'm in time person. 
because this is exciting and this is what we've been promised. This is what, you know, I think everybody would love to be this generation other than the generation that was when Jesus first came. Um, because this is exciting of what we're getting ready to see. We're getting ready to see, you know, um, the rapture and then the tribulation and then the thousand year reign, which everybody will be there for the thousand year reign. But gosh, we don't have to wait like everybody else did. You know, it's just boom, boom, boom. So for me, it's just exciting. This is what gets my my blood going. And um, and I just love the fact that, that Jesus, like everybody makes Jesus as this little weak human. <laughs> he is not. He reigns. He rules. He laughs at all these um, kings and presidents and satanic demons and who think that they have gotten one over on him. And he laughs at them. Because he knows that with just a word, just his breath. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it, it's uh, so I hope that you hope this helps you understand a little bit more. Next week we'll have Jesse and we'll talk about prophecy and he can kind of, you know, give you some more um insight on this. Um but he this is so knowledgeable. He is. He yeah. is. I mean he He's is a good teacher. He is. Um and we haven't talked about the new kingdom yet. Um but we have in Revelation 19, 20, and 21, it talks about the new kingdom. And so probably after he comes, we'll go into that about, I mean, there's rivers, there's fruit trees, there's, I mean, it, it does explain something that my pastor said is that, you know, like, um, Lindley is learning about metals in school right now. And she's telling me about silver and, um, all these metals that she's learning. We talked about salt and stuff and, and how, um, in the old days that they used to, they used to, you know, everybody wanted salt. They used to pay their taxes in salt. And now it's just like, we don't even yeah. worry about salt. But anyway, and, um, take everything with a grain of salt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just nothing. No big deal. But she was telling me, she was talking about gold, how she prefers silver over gold. And I, it, it may come to my mind, my pastor saying something that we hold like a gold bar, like everybody would love to have a gold bar. But what we hold high, God uses for the roads because mm -hmm. the streets of gold. Yeah. He built like it's nothing to him. That's just what we're going to walk on. And it just shows the difference in your worldly kingdom versus your eternal, like your heavenly kingdom or your new kingdom and of how everything is going to be. Just jewels and crystals and you know, gold, Pearly and pearls, and, and, and how we love those things. And we spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on a diamond ring or whatever. And it is nothing to him. So, you know, it just shows you that we can't understand God's ways. You know, um, what we feel holds value here on earth is just building material for him in heaven. So we're in the new kingdom. So, um, so we'll be back next week and uh, get in there and listen to a couple sermons this week. And, and see what you can learn and um, give us a comment and tell us, you know. And use the uh, Got Questions on. Yes. So good. That's yeah. where I get a lot of my stuff is on Got Questions. It helps me understand because if I just read it out of here, I wouldn't understand it. I always, I always read down here, but I also go to Got Questions. I, it, but hearing those sermons, yeah, you know, it does make a difference. So. We will see you next week with Jesse, and we'll be talking about why prophecy is so important. So, all right, we'll see you next week. Bye.